0: 28-20 the final. The Green Bay Packers knock off the Chicago Bears to open up the 2023-2024 season. And uh, in essence, still own the Bears. Uh, I was listening a little bit last night to some reaction uh, coming out of Chicago. Now, I I did not get a chance to listen to it today, but apparently Chicago radio is absolutely crucifying Justin Fields, Eberflus, and company. Uh, but that being said, uh, look, they did not look good. The Packers beat a team that basically didn't have an identity, and you know, took care of business. And they continue the dominance over the Chicago Bears. They continue to stack wins in the uh, in the rivalry, so to speak. So. Uh, you take it, uh, and for both teams, it's a learning experience. But for the Green Bay Packers, it's a learning experience with an uh, with a with a W rather than an L. Uh, I will say this though, and I want to get into this. Uh, I, I want to read this real quick because um, <laughs> I think he's listening. So Paul Charchian and I'm in the guillotine league. Okay, so my I had quite a few. Starters, all right. T. Higgins, Drake London, the wide receiver out of Atlanta. Uh, I started off with uh, uh, Travis Kelsey was my tight end. Remember, and uh, he ended up getting hurt. I had to replace him. James Connor, uh, the running back out of Arizona. Elijah Mitchell from uh, from San Francisco, uh, and I got Aaron Rodgers coming up tonight. Okay, and so I've got. Um, you know some players that are still available that are playing in tonight's contest. But the majority of my guys, for all that I, I did in, in picking the team, I picked guys that score, right? But I got hit with a, 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 a massive amount of bad luck. So this is what Paul Jargian just sent out to the guillotine league, okay? He said, quote, depending on what happens with Aaron Rodgers, Bill Michaels may make history – with the lowest-scoring team in site history. Bill suffered some insanely bad luck, including the Travis Kelsey injury, which was made worse by Bill's replacement, Uh, 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 Okwankwo, scoring zero points. T. Higgins and Drake London, both good players, scored zero points. Elijah Mitchell felt like a reasonable starter, particularly after Kyle Shanahan said he was going to dial back uh, Christian McCaffrey's usage just a little bit, which he didn't. So if you're going to get knocked out in week one, you may as well go down in historic fashion. My 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 fantasy football team, for all the effort and thought that I put into this in playing these guys in particular matchups and such, and the way I drafted has has been atrocious. And I could be left without a fantasy football team after week one. Now, I need Rodgers, uh, in looking at it, I need Rodgers to put up for me between him and uh, their uh, their flex position tight end. Um, I need them to put up for me almost 44 points tonight. Which means Rodgers, I think, has to throw, I don't know what, four touchdowns? I just don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> so Rodgers has to be... Beyond great tonight for me to have a shot at remaining in the guillotine league's fantasy football, and I thought I was doing extremely well i thought man i i picked i picked a, a terrific team but T Higgins not getting a point and man it was it was awful it watching Joe Burrow play yesterday was awful, and then uh Travis Kelsey going down Whew, boy. Uh, No news when it comes to injuries today. Uh, Guys are going to be evaluated. You're really not going to know a whole lot until you see, you know, maybe hear from Matt LaFleur, most likely on Wednesday. But uh, you got to assume Quay Walker uh, leaving the field yesterday, uh, being evaluated for concussion. Um, You hope that he doesn't have one, or at the very least, it's a mild concussion. But in today's day and age, that usually means a game. And then uh, the hamstring injury to. Aaron Jones, which probably is more even more detrimental. Um, you know, you hope that it's not anything now that lingers. So, Aaron Jones said yesterday
1: that it was a bite in his hamster. It wasn't a pull. He's pulled it before. Right. He said this wasn't that. Uh, and also, I think we'd be remiss to mention, Bill, or if we didn't mention, I thought Jaden Reed blew up his knee based on how he reacted and how he was laying right. on the grass grabbing his knee. The fact that he was able to even come back into the game and he's going to be okay. Right. That was yep. awesome news. I thought he was done for the year.
0: Uh yeah. I uh I kind of did too. I thought he was when they carried him off and he couldn't put any pressure on that leg, I'm like, man, what just happened? And the weird thing was when they showed the replay, it didn't look like he did anything. It what happened was is I think the knee either banged the turf or banged together with his other knee. But it did he didn't get hit awkwardly or anything. It wasn't like he got twisted in a different direction. Yeah. But he was able to come back and play. So when I saw that, I thought I thought, okay, he just banged it. And maybe it freaks you out because you're laying there and you're like, oh, my God, my knee is, did I just explode my knee? Uh, And then you're like, wait a minute, this isn't so bad. I can do this. And then you come back and you're you're like, "Okay, I I dodged a bullet there, so to speak. But I agree with you. Yeah, that was uh, that was somewhat scary. Speaking of Jaden Reed, we we
1: might hear from him or or Romeo Dobbs, maybe one of these younger Packer wide receivers, uh, either in the next hour when we talk to Mike, I love the vibe from Jaden Reed and Romeo Dobbs. They talk like they're 10 year vets, Bill. I love both of those guys. I think they fit so well for what this team needs with all the youth. They, they sound and they play like they're, they're years older than they actually are.
0: Yeah. Yep. Uh, Speaking of that, when we come back in the, uh, in the next uh, segment, we're going to hear some from Aaron Jones. And uh, we can also, a little bit later on the show, like you said, we're going to hear from Romeo Dobbs. We're going to hear from Jair Alexander, Devontae Wyatt, Darnell Savage. I'm sure we're going to hear all of that with Mike Clemens as well. But when we come back at, in the next segment, we're going to hear a little bit from, uh, from Jordan Love and uh, the postgame stuff from yesterday. 877 um, uh, 867 We talked a little bit about, the real quick, and, and I want to get into this because it is a Green and Gold Monday, but the Milwaukee Brewers and where they're at right now. Uh, You'd kind of be remiss if you didn't mention the fact that the Brewers, yes, they had the no-hitter going. Yes, they ended up losing in 11 innings. Yes, they gave up quite a few runs. But also, they came out of the weekend, they're 79-63, and still three games ahead of Chicago. Still three games ahead of Chicago. The weird thing is, Chicago, uh, the Brewers, and Cincinnati all are 5-5 and in their last 10 games. The playoff probability right now for the Brewers is 98.5%. 98.5% ninety eight and a half percent and they are uh they're 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 playing for the most part really good baseball and when you go back and you start to look at what they've been able to do they've been able to win series and, and as much as we've talked about that win streak a while a while ago when they went on the eight nine game win streak and then they lost two to chicago uh they lost two they won two they lost two they won one they lost one they won two just hope tonight playing against miami back at uh, American family field which by the way that's a six forty start time tonight because they go to a little bit earlier games now because of the uh, the school schedule. So when the kids go back to school, the Brewers start the games a little bit earlier. You got Brandon Woodruff on the hill. He's been extremely solid. Woodruff tonight against Miami, then Freddie Peralta, then Ray and Miley. Uh, that's the way the series shakes out. It's a four-game series, and the Brewers do not have another day off. um, Man, until I think it's Monday the 25th now. They don't have another day off in September until Monday the 25th. So they play four against the Marlins, three against Washington, four against St. Louis, then three at Miami, and then they have a day off before they come home for the final homestand of the season in which they play three against St. Louis and then three against Chicago. So as things wind down, if the Brewers can get to, say, a, you know, I've said it before, but a five-game lead uh, in the next week, it's over. It will just declare it over, and the Brewers will win this thing. I, 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 firmly believe that. You don't want to come in three games or less to the to the series against Chicago, and you just don't want to do that. But I, uh, I think the Brewers are on the cusp of winning this thing just by a couple of games. If they can just get to five games, it would be so incredibly tough over the next couple of weeks for the Chicago Cubs to overcome a five game deficit. I just think at that point in time, it would be over. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven. 1670 hit us up uh 877-867-1670 also uh i do want to deal with and this is from rick who says uh, hey bill did you talk at all about that badger game we we've mentioned it it was it was not a good game it twitter went crazy all of a sudden everybody wanting to bring back jim leonard uh, it's going to take some time, and I said this, and and somebody had uh, hit me up on uh, on uh, I think it was Facebook, and said, "Are you serious? Really, uh, Luke Fickle over Ryan Day? Absolutely, absolutely. You can't deny what Luke Fickle did at Cincinnati. Okay, with with a a lesser program. He didn't do it in the first year. It took him a while to re- kind of rebuild that program into what it is he wanted. So." I thought I I bought into the excitement, okay? Uh, I said nine wins. I said possibly ten wins. Now it could be eight. If uh, you get into Big Ten play and this still looks um, bad or a lot of question marks in the secondary and the defense, it's just going to take time. It's a different voice. You know, it's going to take a little bit of time. Bringing in Trestle uh, over – you know, Jim Leonard, yeah, that's all. That's the only voice guys have known for a while. So maybe there are some things that are different there. Uh, but the defense looks to be um, playing on their heels right now rather than downhill. And offensively speaking, they still have a decent run game, but the bottom line is you win up front. You win in the trenches, and they're not winning consistently in the trenches. And that's not what Wisconsin football has been, and you can't fault Luke Fickle for that. You gotta build it up into the image that you want into the way you want guys to play, so uh you know again uh we' we'll, we'll talk more about that, but it, it was a man it was a tough loss <laughs> there's no doubt about it, and Washington state treated it like they just ended up winning one of the final four games, you know they were out of their damn mind, but just not a not a great game i I completely completely agree, not a great game, and it was disappointing and you know is what it is, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. You want to find us, please feel free. Go ahead and do so. The rest of the uh, – the we. by the way, we can hear from uh, Luke Fickle coming up here in just a little bit. Also, he's doing his press conference right now, so we can hear some from him. Uh, the one thing I did want to mention here real quick, um, some of the things the takeaways from the weekend itself. Brock Purdy looked really good, looked really good. When you – Purdy uh, was passed over 261 times in that draft. And, boy, you talk about a find. Uh, they were incredible in week one. They blew out the Steelers 30-7 to seven, uh, on the road. And Purdy was selected uh, 242 picks after Kenny Pickett, who did not look good. He didn't look good yesterday. Um, Tua looked – and I said that if Tua is healthy – He can be a really good quarterback. He may end up being one of the better quarterbacks, if not the best quarterback in that division. That's including over Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers. But, man, what a day he had. He threw for 466 yards and three touchdowns and led the Miami Dolphins on the road against a pretty good Chargers team, 36-34. And the win over the Chargers. Tyreek Hill
1: had 215 yards. Are we yep. sure that he's not the best wide receiver in football? I, you know, him, Justin Jefferson, what difference does it make? But I don't know if there's anyone better than him, clearly.
0: Let's say this, too. Uh, with the start that they had. Now, it's it's, it's far too early to, to call this a declaration. But could Tyreek Hill and Micah Parsons both be in the hunt for an MVP this year? Because traditionally, it goes to a quarterback. But the way those two have played and made the impact on those teams, could we talk about Tariq Hill and Micah Parsons, both non-quarterback positions, throwing their hat into the ring for an MVP this season with the way they've started off? Way too early, but keep that in the back of your mind. Jimmy Garoppolo, um, he just wins. The Raiders beat the Broncos 17-16, and... Talk about Sean Payton starting off his career as the head coach of the Broncos, pulling the old trick out of the bag from the Saints win, going back to when they knocked off the uh, the uh, Indianapolis Colts and kicking an onside kick. To, to, you know, now he did it in the beginning of the second half of the Super Bowl, but he started off his season kicking an onside kick and losing it. Just man, Garoppolo had uh, the one bad pick in that game. I was going back and looking at some of the highlights. But he rebounded, and Garoppolo, not viewed as an elite quarterback, but his teams are 41 and 17 in his starts. Did you know that? That Garoppolo, when he starts, is 41 and 17. Now, again, you can't take all the credit for wins and you can't take all the credit for losses, but Jimmy Garoppolo, 41 and 17 in career starts. You take that all day long. The Rams were supposed to be bad without Cooper Cup, but Matthew Stafford still played pretty well. They went in and knocked off Seattle. You know, I, Jim Schwartz decided to to just haul off and beat the hell out of Joe Burrow in Cleveland, and that defense beat him up. They blitzed him all day long, and Joe Burrow looked like a deer in the headlight. Baker Mayfield got a win. Yesterday was kind of a a, a strange day in the NFL, but a lot to a lot of great stuff to kind of nosh on a little bit. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Uh, If you want to find us, do so. We're going to hear from Jordan Love when we come back. Stay tuned. A whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show is coming up. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at the Four Seasons Island Resort. They are up in Pembine, Wisconsin. And I love this place. It's right in the middle of the Muscano River on the island, and thus the Island Resort. And they still have the ATV and UTV trails are open. But if you're thinking about something later in the season and you want to do some snowmobiling, they're also taking reservations for late November, December. January, February, great place to go. A lot of fun. The snow usually is pretty good pack up there at that time of year. Call them, 715-938-5110. Get a hold of our girl, Barb, 715-938-5110. And tell them you heard it here. Say Michael's 15 for 15% off of your stay. But it's not too late if you want to go play some golf. If you want to go to Four Seasons and play golf there on the Nine Hole Executive or to Timberstone uh, at Pine Mountain, you can do that as well. Their sister resort. Both places fantastic. Call Barb 715 938 51. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The
2: Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network
3: what advice would you give somebody that you know that's window shopping
2: i'd have to say pella windows and doors of wisconsin plays at an mvp level in the replacement game they came in ahead of time measured all the windows make sure they had all of the measurements when the pella people left you had no idea they had been here you just had the new window they're great professionals gina and some of the best in the world at what they do
3: Right now, pay as low as $19 a month per window or $75 per month on patio doors. Visit PellaWI.com today. Pella's team of expert installers start with an in-home consultation and finish with no hassle or mess, leaving nothing but perfect results that stand the test of time. Right now at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, pay as low as $19 per window and $75 per month on patio doors. Visit PellaWI.com today. $699 APR for 120 months. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offers end at 930-2023.
0: looking for a career we all know the word kemps kemps has been in everybody's so whether it's the dairy cooler at your local grocery store or maybe your own refrigerator or freezer kemps has been around a long time and if you're looking for not just a job but a career they're looking for you that's why they say you click on careers not just a job but careers at the bottom of the page over on kemps kemps.com go to kemps kemps.com they're looking for cdl drivers They're willing to pay sign-on bonuses. Uh, They're $23 an hour plus-plus for many positions and different benefits that go along with it as well. They're looking for some of the cooler production people, uh, some maintenance technicians. KEMPS is hiring, and if you are looking for a career, not just a job, go to KEMPS, Kemp's KEMPS.com. Click on Careers at the bottom of the page, and you're good to go. It's that simple. K-E-M-P-S, KEMPS.com. That is KEMPS.com. Good stuff. Um, So... um, Jordan Love, after the ball game yesterday, uh, got into uh, the uh, discussion with the, uh, with the reporters back and forth. And uh, one of the things that he wanted to make an emphasis of was this was for him. Now, I always say it, you know, because the word great is used far too often. But he said this was a great opening win.
4: It feels great. Obviously, that was planned for us, coming in here and and starting the season off the right way. And uh, I think we did that in all phases. The second half for us was huge today. You can just feel that momentum switching. It it just feels good to get a win.
0: Uh, The 35-yard touchdown pass to Aaron Jones. This is how it happened. Take a listen.
4: It was a choice route by him, and it's that's my first read right there. saw man coverage, uh, the backer playing him man, and then actually Edmonds, you know, was the, the plug player, and he worked opposite of that. And when he did that, I knew it was going to be open for Jonesy. I knew he was going to kill him on the, on the choice route, which he did, and just had to get him the ball, and he made the
0: rest happen. And one of the things that I thought Jordan Love did was, you know, if they had a negative play, if they had a play that didn't work or he missed, he did a really good job of, he talks about bouncing back from some of those negative plays.
4: That's what we tell everybody in the locker room. It's never going to be perfect. You wish every play went as you draw it up and, and executed that perfectly, but there's times things are going to go south and it's not going to be perfect for us. And just be able to play that next play, bounce back, and just find a way to go, you know, convert third downs and things like that is huge. But, you know, like I said, it's never going to be perfect, but I love the way how we bounce back.
0: The... Um, and I talked about the pressure on Jordan Love coming into this game because of the whole I own you, uh, you know, exclamation out of Aaron Rodgers, which we all love and we love to continue to say that. And I did see the meme running around of the uh, quick claim deed that Aaron Rodgers signed over to Jordan Love as far as ownership of the Chicago Bears, which is awesome. Uh, but he just said, look, it's it's great to win the first Packers Bears game he's played in.
4: Obviously, coming in here, we knew what type of game we were in for. Obviously, my first game in this rivalry, so I mean, it felt good. It's they're a good team. Obviously, first half was close, and second half, I just the way we bounced back and came out there in second half and just total domination. It uh, felt good.
0: The um, the the moment when you are coming out of a tunnel and you're now the man, and you you always know the first time you come out of a tunnel is just a player. You always know the first time you come out of the tunnel as maybe a starter. Uh, But now, you know, running out of the tunnel after two legends, not one, but two with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. And now you're coming out of the tunnel, especially in the storied rivalry that it is. You're coming out of the tunnel as the man. And uh, he said he was just able to kind of enjoy the moment before the game.
4: Matt actually told a story of the first his first year coaching here they came here and opened the season out and uh the guy who sang the national anthem um yeah so he was the same guy and he said the crowd was just going crazy the whole time and and before right before he's like it's the same guy um so just having that moment you know the crowd is going crazy just for the national anthem it was a surreal moment and i was able to just take it all in
0: by the way and I, I, I want to say this. I'm not disparaging the guy, I, and I can't remember his name off the top of my head, that sings the national anthem for the Chicago you know Blackhawks and Bulls and Bears and all that stuff. I think Ben Tajni is as good, if not better. Just saying. <laughs> Throwing that out there. Uh, he did enjoy the moment. He ended up getting a win. Uh, and, you know, the other aspect of this is, and I had said this at the beginning of the show, there was a lot of good. There's some bad and some things that uh, this team, he said, we can work on.
4: I think it started with that, the opening drive, defense getting that stop on fourth down, and then us getting the short field and going and, and scoring, it started off great. You know, I think the two-minute drive to end the half, got to clean that up. You know, I took a sack on, and we didn't have much time left, running clock, and almost put us out of field goal position. So, things like that, just be able to clean up and then not getting a, you know, not getting a playoff right there at the end, too. But I think it's things that, you know, we'll learn and grow from.
0: He's right. That sack that he took, you got to get rid of the football. You cannot take a sack in that situation. Now, the the benefit is that you had a kicker that's able to clean it up. But you were within 40 yards, and you took, I think it was an 11-yard sack on that particular play, which drove it back to 52-yard field goal. You you, can, you cannot take a sack in that position. You just can't. you got to be more knowledgeable and more aware at that particular uh, point in time. Now, the pass protection throughout the day, For the most part, really, really solid. He talks about even, uh, you know, the pass protection being led by veteran uh, David Bakhtiari.
4: Dave hasn't practiced all week, but he's a vet. He's a pro. He knows what he has to do to get himself ready to go out there and play. He was able to get, you know, walk-through reps and things like that. But for him to go in there, step in, and without practicing a a lot of, you know, the time, it's huge.
0: So there you go. That's uh, Jordan Love. We'll hear more from him when Mike Clemens joins us coming up in in about uh, 45 minutes from now. Uh, coming up after the bottom of the hour, though, I do—I I would be remiss if we didn't talk a little bit about the Badgers and what happened over the weekend because it just—it it was just, for lack of a better term, it was an ugly game. It was just that. And uh, Zach Heilprin, sports director for WOZN, our flagship station out in Madison. Uh, Zach is going to join us and talk a little bit more about that as well, so stay tuned. Uh, 877-867-1670. We'll try to get some phone calls coming up here in about 20 minutes from now as well, so stay tuned for that. Got to say thanks to our friends at Point Brewing. Our friends up at Stevens Point, they got uh, Oktoberfest coming up. So, a lot of different beers coming out for that as well. Look for that uh, brewery to be pumping out Oktoberfest beer coming in your direction anytime soon. Brewing excellence since 1857, locally brewed right here in the state of Wisconsin. Covering Wisconsin sports like a
2: blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
0: I mean, like really in the action. Check out our friends at Potawatomi Hotel Casino with the sports book. They got a temporary one that's open now, but the big one is coming. Oh my goodness! It's going to be beautiful, and it's coming uh, probably towards the end of the end of the year. But uh, if you want to get in the action now, you can go to Potawatomi Hotel Casino, Milwaukee. Go to paysbig.com. That is paysbig.com. Joining us now is our guy Zach Heilprin, and uh, from the zone out in Madison, the sports director there, and had a chance to up close and personal watch, <clears throat> for lack of a better term, the ugly game that was. Zach, what was your takeaway from a Saturday and the Badgers loss? Horrible start,
5: horrible finish, pretty good middle, I think is uh, where, where I would go. Uh, obviously, you can't get down 24-6, to fought back, had a chance to win that game. They're 24-22, 20, you get the ball back at the 50-yard line with about six and a half minutes left, and you fumble, and obviously uh, Washington State goes down, and takes a touchdown, gets a touchdown, goes up nine, the game's over essentially. So, yeah, you can't put yourself in that position on the road against a team that is now a top, uh, a team that's in the top twenty-five, the AP top twenty-five. You Can't do that on the road in a hostile environment like that. And, um, they still almost fought all the way back and, and got back, but yeah, the start in the, the start in the end just not good enough for Wisconsin.
0: So I, I you know people were, you know, like, because I've always said I would have taken, you know, Luke Fickle over Ryan Day any day of the week. And it's to me, it's just one of those things where I bought into the hype. It's going to take a little bit of time. You got to get his guys playing his style, that type of thing. It takes a little while to kind of readjust a program. So, but I agree with you. You can't get down. You can't turn the ball. Over. It's the little things that you're not accustomed to seeing out of a Luke Fickle coach team, specifically when Cincinnati ended up going to the Final Four in the BCS. So, I don't think that, uh, like, it's these dark clouds that are on the horizon. I just think that this is one of those learning, uh, you know, films, so to speak, where they can bounce back from. But it it does make you raise an eyebrow because this is not a crisp, clean team by any stretch of the imagination, you know? Yeah,
5: no 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 way it is. And we saw in the first week they were able to avoid some of the pre-snap penalties, some of the post-snap penalties. They killed them against Washington State. They, you know, they had obviously the – uh, what turned out to be a pretty significant 15-yard penalty on Caden Johnson after a punt. They were about to set up at the 34-yard line, 24-22 right there. You're setting up the 34. It feels like you're just about to go in and take the lead, and you get a penalty, and two plays, two, two plays later, the fumble. So, uh, not not crisp whatsoever there. And then the turnovers. Yeah, you turn the ball over three times. Uh, Tanner Mordecai obviously challenged, uh, you know, charged with two of those, but Jack Nelson just got beat. And in uh, twice, and one resulted in a touchdown. Those are things that you just can't have happen. They've now allowed, they've now turned it over five times. They haven't forced a turnover other either. Like that's another big part of this. They have yet to force a turnover on defense. Back to back games, just the second time since 2016 they've done back to back games without forcing a turnover. Those are things that you would expect a Luke Fickle team to be able to do, uh, not till it not hurt itself, and you know win the turnover battle. And they really haven't done that through these first two games.
0: So, Wisconsin now coming up on the docket, you've got Georgia Southern, and that's a game that's at Camp Randall coming up, uh, Was it, this uh, next weekend, uh, 11 a.m., uh, start time. But then you get into Purdue, and then you get in, you know, because you got to go on the road. West Lafayette's a really goofy place to play. But this is not Big Ten-level football yet, and this is why you hope that against Georgia Southern, they're able to correct a lot of this and really kind of hit the ground running going into Purdue you only got a week to kind of fix a lot of your issues and some of the problems that they've had. But I wanted to ask you this. Is there something, when you look at bright spots, they still can run the football, but it's not your typical Badger offensive line. They still can put pressure on a quarterback, but it's not your typical Badger outside linebackers. They can still cover, but it looks like there's still confusion. You know what I mean? It's like every time you look at something good, there's also something, oh, yeah, but, and by the way, that's going to give you back to the negative side of things that hasn't been crisp and clean for this team. You know what I mean?
5: Yeah, yeah, I mean you put up 314 yards rushing in week 1 and then you
0: <laughs> rush for 90
5: yards in week 2. They, they right. could not run the ball against Washington State whatsoever. It was it was it was not great. And then um you know, explosive pass plays given up on in the secondary. They did such a good job. Uh they did such a poor job I should say for the first three four drives of the up game against Washington State. Then they locked back in, and they gave up, I think it was like 15 yards over the next six drives. That's like the maddening inconsistency, I think, is is maybe what uh, you're getting at a little bit, Bill, is is the fact that they have the ability to do some of these things. They they didn't pass protect Pat and Mordecai very well in the first half. Mm -hmm. He had extensive time to throw, for the most part, in the second half. And so it's just the maddening inconsistency is, I think, what – is really tough to deal with if you're a Wisconsin fan. Because we were talking about this on the way out of the stadium on Saturday night, is the third-quarter Badgers that we've seen against Buffalo and we saw against Washington State. That's the team that I think a lot of people thought they could be. And can they do that on a consistent basis? And that honestly is the, really the, the crux of every football team. They always show these little bursts. and Can they be this team all the time? Well, Wisconsin has shown extended bursts, especially in the third quarter of first two games of the team they can be. Now, can they put that all together and, and make it work and be the team that uh, it reached the expectations that so many people had for this team, even if they may have been a little bit unrealistic just because of the turnover, the coaching staff, and, and so many changes player-wise?
0: Uh, I, I do look at Tanner Mordecai, and I think, you know, it's a short passing game that's been successful. He's thrown for almost 70%, completing almost 70% of his passes, if I'm not mistaken. It's not like he's way off the mark and putting the ball in harm's way on a consistent basis. You know what I mean? I mean, there's a few things that you can yeah. look at positively. A lot of checkdowns, don't get me wrong, but they he's not like putting the ball in harm's way. It's not like he's just bad quarterback play, you know?
5: Yeah, so I was extremely uh, impressed how he bounced back from the the two, you know, blindside hits that that knocked the ball loose. He was really good, I thought, on especially in the third quarter. I know we keep on going back to it, but... He, uh, some of the passes down the field, I mean, he hit Bryson Green for a big shot. He hit Jim Radike. I know you mentioned the, the checkdowns, and that's been a big part of it. But he hit some passes down the field on on uh, Saturday night that certainly opened up your eyes a little bit. And he was just off on a couple of others. And there was, there was a shot to, Bre- uh, to to Bryson Green on what would have been, if he had put it exactly where he needed to put it, it would have been a, a 50-some-odd-yard touchdown, and they take the lead. Like, those are just the, the little, you mentioned earlier in, and the questions, you know, just the little things. It is. It's just the little – you're little off here, a little off there, and things look so much different. Spot, Skyler Bell catching that 50-yard touchdown pass the week before. His numbers just look so much different. People are talking about it differently. Those are uh, those are things that stand out to me uh, when they don't go well. But you're right. He he impressed me. He impressed me. And there there was not a better thrower that a Wisconsin quarterback maybe has made in quite some time than his touchdown to Skyler Bell. You know, fleeing to his left, a guy right on top of him, and he's able to put it right in the spot for Skylar Bell to get what it was the same, what would have been an NFL catch. Got both feet in. Uh, just an amazing, amazing pass an amazing play by a Wisconsin quarterback. That I don't think we've seen in quite some time. So there are things to be excited about with Tanner Mordecai. There's no doubt about that.
0: I I go back to your, uh, you know, discussing the third quarter. I thought, looking at that first half and the way they were running the football, I thought, you know what, you'll keep grinding it, and this is what Wisconsin does. They don't look great in the first half, but in the second half, they grind on you, they get you down, and then they take over in the run game. You know, why did they get away from Chesma Lucy? Just because the score was starting to get a little bit one-sided?
5: So, Luke Fickle was asked about that today, and and some of it was, you know, what, what Washington State did. They did a great job of stopping the run in the first half. They did a great job. Holding the edges and not allowing Wisconsin to get outside whatsoever. That included obviously Braylon Allen, and then yeah, some of the stuff that uh, was being taken away with Washington State. I don't want to say that they were forcing Wisconsin to pass, but they were saying, "Pass, we don't think you can." And that was essentially what Wisconsin had to go out and do. And they showed that they could beat them in the pass, and that was what the third quarter was. I think that's maybe why they got away from from the run game a little bit. But it they were aver- they averaged like two point something yards per carry. And I know that's what you, you want to do, but when you're down 24-6 to six on the road, and I, I guess it was 24-9 at half, you, know, you kind of need to open it up a little bit, and this offense has the ability to do it. So the idea that you know, what Wisconsin has been for so long, and that's how you know, it's always going to be, I, I, I don't think it is with this team. I think they, could, they can beat you in several different ways, and we saw that with the passing game in the third quarter.
0: They don't have, uh, in my opinion anyway, the offensive line that is going to beat you down. And we've seen, and that's why I go back to my question of normally in the third quarter, we'd always see a big offensive line like Wisconsin's grind you into the ground, and then you're just worn ass out, and then they can run the ball almost at will. My point being, I don't think they can do that. I think they have to be a balanced attack moving forward, and I just don't know if they have the pass-catching weapons consistently to get open and create a pass game that then would almost like West Coast style accentuate that run game and open things up for Braylon Allen and Chesmalusi. You know what I mean?
5: I don't want to. I don't want to completely disagree with you, Bill. I, I don't. Uh, but I, I kind of do think they have the passing attack to do that. Do you think I, so? I do? I, I think Tim Ray DK has the ability to, to get downfield and beat guys downfield. I think Bryson Green showed on Saturday night he's got that ability. If, if a defense is going to play press man on you, like Washington State did, you're going to have to be able to beat, uh, you know, man coverage and make, and make them pay by beating you down the field. And Wisconsin did it a couple times on Saturday night. And they were inches away from doing it a couple more times. That to me is going to be a big part of this Wisconsin offense because teams are going to make them show that you can do one of either. I thought Buffalo tried to show them, uh, all right, try and run the ball. And Wisconsin ran the ball down their throat. And in the third quarter, after they had, you know, it really opened up in the third quarter, but after they had, you know, leaned on them a little bit there in the first half with the pace, that they, they were able to run the ball in the third quarter. I, I do think they have Will Pauling. And Jim Ray Deakney and Scott Bell and Bryson Green they have a lot of, a lot of guys I think that uh, have the ability to to beat teams through the air. I do so um, now is it do, do they have a Marvin Harrison Jr? Absolutely not but they have guys that can beat coverage and we saw that on Saturday night and it's just just a little off um, in being able to, to finish off and, and beat those guys on a regular basis.
0: Man, I hope you're right. I hope that they end up proving that throughout the season. Now, let me ask you this: uh, moving forward, so what do you expect this coming Saturday? What are you looking for?
5: It's a tough one, right? Because Georgia Southern went into Nebraska last year and won. Luke Fickle mentioned that this morning. They're two and zero. They've they've beaten they. I mean, they beat UAB last week, forty nine thirty five. So they're a team that, that that can put some points on it. I think this is an opportunity for Wisconsin to get back on the right track before going to Purdue, and, and I look. They're going to be. I think they're going to beat George Southern. I, I'm just interested to see how they go about doing it because we saw in the first week round the ball. Second week, the passing game was kind of where things were at. Can they put together a complete game offensively? And then on defense, it's the blown assignments that uh, showed up in both week one and week two, um, and they made an interesting change there at safety. Move, uh, removing Kamoi Latu after a, a couple of missed uh, assignments on his part, and they were a lot more sound the rest of the game. Um, so can they, can they eliminate those big plays? Because for the most part, they've, they've been able to hold running games in check so far. Uh, it's just the big plays that, that have hurt them.
0: Great stuff as always. Appreciate it, and we'll talk real soon, okay?
5: All right, sounds good, Bill. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Zach. There you go. Zach Heilprin, sports director, WOZN out in Madison, bringing it to us, giving us a little bit of the Badger lowdown because the Badgers, again, didn't. That was not an impressive game. And look, I didn't think they were going to the BCS championship or anything like that. I still think they can win the West. I think they can do that. Uh, but they got to play a lot better football. And he's right on some of the things that they missed on, you got to start hitting on. And if you do, then it changes that dynamic, offensively speaking, anyway. Uh, of that team, uh, without a doubt. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. I want to remind you, our friends over there at Skipper Buds, not only do they say that there's still some great deals to be had on boating, but as you're starting to think about it, like I am, if you're going to start thinking about storage and winterization, which is so incredibly important, my God, don't I know that, uh, you you better go to somebody qualified that can do it, get the job done, and get, a jump, uh, get the job done right for you. The health of your boat depends on it. And so you want to go ahead and give them a call. 262-544-1200. They do uh, boat sales, obviously, service, obviously, and storage. You can get your boat shrink-wrapped if you want to do that. Not let anything in it. You open it up uh, next season, it's as clean as it was the day you took it in. And, uh, man, don't I know that. So uh, get a hold of our friends over there at Skipper Buds. Todd is the GM out there in Pewaukee, which is the one I go to. Otherwise, you can just go to Skipper Buds anywhere. But 262 uh, 262- 5441200 that's 2625441200 skipper buds boat sales service and storage ready this is the bill michael
2: show on the wisconsin sports zone radio network
3: What advice would you give somebody that you know that's window shopping?
2: I'd have to say Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin plays at an MVP level in the replacement game. They came in ahead of time, measured all the windows, made sure they had all of the measurements. When the Pella people left, you had no idea they had been here. You just had the new window. They're great professionals, Gina, and some of the best in the world at what they do.
3: Right now, pay as low as $19 a month per window or $75 per month on patio doors. Visit PellaWI.com today. Pella's team of expert installers start with an in-home consultation and finish with no hassle or mess, leaving nothing but perfect results that stand the test of time. Right now at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, pay as low as $19 per window and $75 per month on patio doors. Visit PellaWI.com today. $6.99 $6.99 APR for 120 months. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offers end at 9-30-2023. You got to hit it, make it,
2: rock it, put it. In.
0: Welcome back. Good to have you. The Bill Michaels Show, all good. Coming up here in 20 minutes, Mike Clement's going to join us, take us the rest of the way. Looking forward to that. Got to say, speaking of taking you the rest of the way, our friends at CUNIS, CUNIS RV, automotive, trucks, they've got it all. And whether it's the automotive side out in Madison, Stoughton, Barneveld, Elkhorn, Lake Geneva, Platteville, they're even in Milwaukee now. You can shop CUNIS, S-H-O-P, CUNIS, shopcunis.com for the great warranties that they have uh, on all their vehicles, new and used for that matter, and uh, some terrific ways to get lower interest rates and uh, take care of you. And they even have, you know, if you don't have great credit, they even have opportunities there as well. Go to shop, S-H-O-P, shopcunis.com, shopcunis.com. Um, The uh This is from uh, Adam, just says, simply uh, waking up this morning, go pack, go. Uh, Mike says that people were thinking the Badgers were going to have an FCS run this year. Uh, A loss like that already has sealed their fate. Again, I don't think uh, anybody really was kind of fooling themselves to thinking that this is going to be an outstanding Badgers team. I think that most of us just kind of felt like it would be a better Badgers team. Right? That's it. Um, Brandy says, the only thing I didn't like was love doing what was love doing, taking those big hits while running. He's got to cut that out. Um, you know what though? He, if you can avoid taking the direct hit, that's not a bad way to go. You can take a hit if you don't take the direct hit. So that's not a bad way to go. Um, Thomas says, uh, love was a little bit off in some early throws, but it was probably the jitters. He hit it when it counted, which with third and fourth down is when he really kind of succeeded. I don't know if you noticed that or not. If you look at the statistics, but yeah, third and fourth down, he really, he really, uh, he played some good, uh, played some good football. Um, Michael says Packers are going to have to uh, be aggressive and focus on Robinson of the Falcons. He looks like the real deal. Correct. And you know what? You're you're going to find out as well when it comes to uh, Atlanta is is Ritter. Uh, what kind of quarterback he is? I mean, you know, pretty solid opening game. Pretty solid opening game when you look at what the Atlanta Falcons were capable of doing. Now, granted, they were playing at home, and they were playing Bryce Young, and Bryce Young went through his growing pains uh, yesterday, without a doubt. But when you started scow- kind of scouring the statistics, I mean, Desmond Ritter, eight, uh, 15 of 18, nothing spectacular. They ran the ball. Robinson and Allgaier both ran the ball. Allgaier ran for a little over five yards of carry, I think. And as uh, you mentioned before, Robinson ran extremely well. But Bryce Young throwing the two picks yesterday, uh, not great, and not the best way to start, obviously. And uh, the Atlanta Falcons took uh, advantage of it. But but Robinson coming out of the backfield as well. Uh, it wasn't like he had huge yardage out of the backfield, but he is a pass catcher as well. So he's kind of a dual threat that you're really going to have, like you said, have to keep your eye on. But Ritter's, you know, again, that, that's a Luke Fickle guy, by the way. But Ritter's uh a, I want to say solid quarterback, but he—I think he's average at best. And the Packers are going to have their hands full, no doubt. But these are two really good ways to start. Can you imagine coming back to Lambeau Field now? I, again, I live under the uh, assumption of dare to dream at this point, but can you imagine coming to Lambeau Field a week from Sunday against New Orleans, and you're two and zero to start your to start the season two and zero. And you don't have this juggernaut of a schedule to roll through. You know, it's not like it has been in years past. You've got a little bit easier schedule. Who knows, right? Uh, could this team kind of, you know, win a few extra games and get themselves into the postseason? And, you know, I dare to dream again. That's the dare to dream segment, but not a bad way to go. You know, good good start. But much like myself, and I keep telling everybody this, don't get over your skis. It's one game. It's one game in a long season. We'll wait and see what happens. 877-867-1670. Uh, if you want to hit us up, do so. Uh, the huddle is back coming up on Wednesday night, 6-8. to 8. The, uh, the Bill Michaels huddle is back, and we'll have guests. We'll have commentary throughout the week. It'll be football-oriented, much like a Green and Gold uh, Monday. Uh, and we're going to talk a lot uh, of Packers football. And uh, we'll start looking over the fence towards Atlanta as well and get into that realm, but uh, good stuff coming up on Wednesday as the huddle is back, and we are going to be out and about in a neighborhood near you. The first one's in studio here, but after that, we're going to start cranking it up. We'll start getting out and about. Uh, Yeah, we're going to have some fun this year. We're going to move all over the state of Wisconsin, and uh, we're going to solidify the dates at Nuts Deep 2. We're going to solidify the dates at Norwegian Hollow. We're going to be moving all over the state of Wisconsin. I promise you. promise you. Coming up, 15 minutes away, our buddy Mike Clements is going to join us. He was inside the locker room as we were doing the postgame show yesterday. Mike will give us his thoughts on what he witnessed and what we discussed on, uh, coming home last night uh, about this contest. Stay tuned. we got another hour of the Bill Michael show yet to go. We'll be back. More to come right after this.